So let's, let, us, let us open, let us open our, our Biblios, our Bibles, to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. Let us open. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So, John 15, verses 12 through 17. Um, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. No more. No more. I love... What, what's the movie? Night at the Roxbury? That is the best. When they're dancing, and he's just like... And they're looking at the girl like, oh, meet you, meet you. No, 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 no. And they start dancing to each other again. That cracked me up more than anything. And I was doing it with someone the other day, and I was just dying. And then, as I was thinking about this, I started singing that song. And then this happened to me. I walked in to the church office this morning, and Reed started singing that song. So now that song is in my head, and now all I can think about is what is love. So, we there, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is Jesus speaking. It's all read. This is, mean, that means it's um, Jesus speaking. It says this in verse 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed to you to go and produce lasting fruits that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love one another. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to love people, to have an intimate relationship with your body, the bride God, I thank you for that. I thank you that we have an intimate relationship with you, and you've called us to intimacy. And God, I thank you that, that through intimacy, God, we come to know you more. And through, through our relationship with you, as we grow that, God, we, we, we grow deeper with you. And I thank you that we have been given the ability, we have been granted, Lord, and we have been qualified in your eyes, God, and you are the maker of the world. And so that's all that matters. We thank you for that, God. I pray, God, as I, as I speak the word, God, that it would be your voice being spoke through me, Lord. And God, I, right now, I just bind anything that the devil would do, God, as he would try to come to steal, to kill, and destroy. We bind him right now, and I pray that with every word we fall on good soil, Lord, we pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Friends, that we would lay down our life for one another, and we have been called friends. And this is the commandment. This is what Jesus says. My commandment, love each other. In the same way that I have loved you. And, I, and, and so, I think that's an awesome thing. That we are loved by God. That we are loved by God. And we can love one another. And that word love, if you don't know, is not talking about the little love that you have and that we all have with people sometimes, and we love them for a time, a little bit, and we're like, oh, I'm in love, and that person's so cute, and she's just so awesome, and I'm in love with her. We start crying, and it's just like that love, and that's not the love, that's a type of love, but that's not the love this is talking about. The love this is talking about is an agape love, 
And agape, this is really cool to me, it's uh, the Greek word agape for love. And this is what it means. I'm just going to tell you what it means so we can get a, a, a real definition, so we can get a real idea about what love is. Because in our Western mindset and the way we think, love is not really the way the Bible describes it and the way Jesus is talking about it. Now, some of us may get that, but a lot of times we think of love as S-E-X, sex. A lot of people think of love as that. And that's not love. <laughs> that is not. Now, if you're married, now that's love. That's love. But, but that's not love outside of marriage. And love is not holding hands with somebody when you're dating them. That's not love. You know what I'm saying? Can somebody, you know what I'm saying? That's not love. So love is this right here. This is love. Unconditional love, agape. Love by choice and by act of will. The word indicates an unstoppable, this is actually what the Bible says. This is the Greek meaning. This is the real meaning. So This is what it means. A word indicates an unstoppable act of service and care for someone. Agape love will never seek anything but the highest good for fellow mankind. Agape love is the word for God's unconditional love. It does not need... This is good. Love, real agape love does not need chemistry. So many times we hear people say, well, I can't love this person, or I can't really be around them, and they can't be my friend because I just don't have chemistry with them. No, real love doesn't need chemistry. You can love somebody and have nothing in common with them. That's real love. Love does not need chemistry. It doesn't even need a natural attraction. You can love somebody and be like, oh, that's the ugliest person I've ever seen. You can still love them. I'm just saying, this is what it's saying. And you can still love them. Because love is not a natural attraction. Love does not need chemistry. And love does not need any similarity whatsoever. In other words, what this is saying is love can be from two complete opposites people who don't speak the same language, who live in two opposite ends of the world. They can see each other and love each other because Christ lives in them and Christ is love. You and me do not need anything but Christ to love. I'm not done with the definition yet. Love is not a feeling. It doesn't need a feeling. It exclusively, this is good, love exclusively belongs to the Christian community. The world, and I I believe this with all my heart, and the Bible says, the world outside of Christ does not know love. And what I mean by that is they do not know agape love. They cannot experience this love because Christ does not live in them. People who don't have Christ as a personal Savior cannot experience this love. This love comes through a relationship with Christ. And as us in here, the body of Christ, have a relationship with Christ, we can experience this type of love where we do not need anything but Christ. Amen. So that right there is the definition of what the Bible gives of love. If I could title my message anything today, I'd title it, What is Love? Like I was talking about earlier. And then I would give it a subtitle and say, It's my trade. It's my trade. But I'm not going to tell you what that means in a second. I'm going to leave you hanging for a second. So what is love? What is love? What is love? What is it? And what does it look like to us today? Because in the Bible, you read stuff, you, th- you read love, and, and a lot of it makes sense to us, but sometimes we're like, that doesn't apply to me at all today because they were wearing sandals 
and maybe turbans, I don't know, whatever they're wearing, big robes, and they had huge beards, and no one in here even has a beard. Um, well, Mike's got one. That's a nice one, too. I got a little rat's nest right here. Doesn't really do much, but I'm growing. I'm, by the way, I'm growing that for GM camp. So this bad boy is not getting cut. That's two months. I'm letting it, if it comes nasty and raggedy, it's going. If there's, if, there, if there's a mouse in it, it's staying. If I get food stuck in it, I'm leaving it. This bad boy is getting nasty and raggedy for GM camp. Because I'm going to be the best pirate I can be. I'm, I hope I can get it to the point where I can put it in the little braids like Johnny Depp has. But, or, or yeah. So, I don't know. Jack Sparrow, Andrew Meeser, I mean, we look really similar. I mean, you know, it's... Stop it, stop it. You know, I, I'm, I mean, really? You, you think so? Me? I mean, oh, thanks, thanks, Reed. I appreciate it, dude. I need it, I need that. Andrew Depp, that's a good one. I like Johnny Depp, it sounds better. Andrew Depp doesn't really flow. I like Andrew Mazer, it flows pretty good, so I'll keep, I'll keep it, I'll keep it. Um, so, so love, love. Let's regroup there, love. Um, yeah, love. So this is it. This is what I'm talking about. Love. What is love? What does it mean to love in our day and age? What does it look like? Now, I have a, a very special relationship with a cousin of mine, and I, and I actually, I, he, he's in Florida right now, so all across the United States. Awesome guy. Love him to death. Grown up with him my whole life since we were six months old. I mean, pretty much came out of the womb together, except, you know, separate parents. So didn't really come out of the womb together. It'd be kind of weird. Uh, but we did, six months apart, so... So we're real close. We grew up together. We actually lived in the same house, and not people know this, and it's Matthew Millar, so you know, Matthew Millar. He, we, we lived in the same house for a year. When he was six months old, he moved into my parents' house with his family, and they lived with us for a whole year. So when I was six months old, he moved out, and he moved in when he was six months old, so kind of cool like that. So anyways, in other words, we have been together for a long time. I was just talking to him on the phone before, before tonight, and because um, I was asking him, I was thinking, I was like, dude, do you have any stories, any stories that, like, we had together? Because I was thinking, and I couldn't, my mind was going crazy. I was like, are there any stories that we have that are, like, crazy, but that really represent us really loving each other and caring for each other? And he was like, dude, I'm eating right now. Don't talk to me. I'll call you back in 30 minutes. So that's our relationship. That's how much we love each other. That he's eating, and I'm like, dude, I need this right now. And he's like, dude, don't worry about it. I'm eating. I'm eating a T-bone steak. And that's what he said. And then he calls me back in, and he goes, dude, I should have just talked to you because I ate too much, and now I'm going to throw up. And so I'm like, so, I mean, that's how much we love each other, that we just ignore each other for food. Food comes first, and then our relationship. In mine and his relationship, food first, then each other. It's just the way it has to be with us, you know? No, we're definitely, we're definitely um, in love with each other as far as without going in. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's my cousin. We love each other. See, I gave a definition of what love is, and you don't even get it yet. You're still thinking it's the romantic type of love. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about agape love. Come on. Jeez. You guys aren't listening. So, this is the love I'm talking about. Agape love. We love each other. We're like brothers. So, he was telling me some stories, and w- w- the one of the stories I was trying to think of, I couldn't remember, he said it, and it's like, that's the one. And I just knew it, because we're just like, just like, it's like we're almost like twins, but not really. A little shorter. Um, and so... 
Um, but he was just telling me, he's like, dude, and he was telling me some other stuff, and he's like, dude, I just want, you can say whatever, you can embarrass me however you want, you can say whatever you want. And I'm like, he started saying something, I'm like, dang, I'm not going to say that. I mean, it's a little far. But there were some things he said, and one of them was this. This is one of the greatest stories. Um, we were, his dad owns a float plane, and so we were out at the, this lake, Lake Hood actually is where he has it parked at, and uh, we were out there, his dad was getting all ready, and we were like, I think we were 12 at the time, so we were just bored, and we were sitting in the truck, and just sitting there, honking the horn at, at planes taking off, and people were walking by, honking it, and hiding, and they'd freak out, and just being little turds, and so we were doing that, and then, so we finally get the idea, we're like, dude, this is really fun, and we were like, started talking, started reminiscing, getting deep with each other, and at 12 years old, deep, so like, dude, Mario Kart, so cool. Because that was, N64 was what we had then. We didn't have, it was N64. That's a, that's a good system. So we were talking about that kind of stuff, and then we get the bright idea. He goes, dude, we should be bread, blood brothers. And so I'm like, you're right. It was like, too hip. We're like, yeah, blood brothers, peace, bro. We need to be. And we're, I mean, 12 years old. And so there's, there's a box cutter in the car. So we grab the box cutter, and we go, dude, let's do this. And as we're doing it, I mean, this is terrible. I didn't cut my wrist. I didn't. I went on the backside on my forearm, and I made a cut. And he did the same thing. He made a cut. We put it together. And then he goes, bro, we're already blood brothers. We're related. And I was like, oh, wait, you're right. Why did we just do this? It doesn't make any sense. And so we have a lot of experience like that where we just do things, and then afterwards we're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. There's no reason to do that. So we are blood-related, and so there was no reason for that other than to cause pain ourselves, and it looked cool at the time. Um, and that's love. That's real love right there. When you are already related to somebody by blood, and you want to be even more related by blood, so you mix it. That's love. That's not real love, but that was just one of the examples of, of just kind of one of the things we do. Another one was uh, we, we, we used to save up money to go to McDonald's, <laughs> I'm off. I'm off for a week. I, I've been off actually a couple months now. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. Pray for me. I need it. I drive by and I see those golden arches, and they light up. It's like Andrew, Andrew, just calling me. T- Ten nuggets. Twenty nuggets. Thirty nuggets. True story. We went to McDonald's and got 100 nuggets. They, it was so, we spent $70 at McDonald's, and I've never done this before. And, uh, and my brother Jesse was there, and some of our friends were there. And it was so much food that they said, all right, go park, and we'll bring it out to you. And I was like, this is a restaurant. I mean, they'll bring the food out to you. They have two people come out with four bags full. They didn't even put the nuggets in boxes. They just poured them in the bag. Bags are falling with grease. They're pulling out there. Set them on our car. Here's your 100 nuggets. It was disgusting. Filthiest thing I've ever done. So that, and then um, we, so we did stuff like that, just disgusting things. Then we would go to McDonald's. We'd, we'd clean my mom's cupboards for five bucks. We'd go to McDonald's, ride our bikes there. Because we're, look at this. Little guys, four feet tall, one buck twenty. I mean, just just little tanks. We're on our bikes driving to McDonald's, and and we're, we get there. We're going through the drive-through. We're, they're like, "What do you want?" <laughs> Double cheeseburger, Big Mac. You guys get free ice cream cones? And they're like, "Yeah." So could we get free ice cream cones? You're little kids. You get there and get ice cream. You get free little ones like this big. 
We'd suck them in and get free ice cream cones and get Big Macs. So, and we'd bike back and thinking we were burning calories and the whole time we were just gaining weight. And, we just, and then, so one time we're there and we're playing in the play place. Like little, little guys rolling around in there and the balls. What we what do is hide in the balls and go over us and a little kid come and grab their leg and, and scare them to death. And they just freak out. So it was, we just did crazy stuff that was really, really mean. And so there's these two other kids and they were like our like arch nemesis, like our twins, like on the opposite side though. Two, they were actual twins though. They wore green sweats and green sweatshirts, hoodless, hoodless sweatshirts, so you know, even classier. And they'd wear these full suits, and they would, they, they would come up to us, and one, one would stand on the ground on all fours like this, and the other one would be standing up with his foot on top of him, and he'd go, this is my dog, don't mess with us. And he'd go, and he'd growl at us. And so... Matthew, Matthew, my cousin, was always the one who was, I was like, dude, let's just go, bro. We don't need to deal with this. I don't want to pull the knife out. I don't need to do this. I was, back off. And so Matthew's the one who was always like, no, we got to fight him. So he just goes, no, dude, this is our play place. So you can picture two, four 12-year-olds fighting over his play place. Like, no, this is my play place. Step up, son. And we're going at each other, throwing blows. And finally, Matthew pushes the kid. The other one, he pushes down. He looks down, and he, he takes off. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what do I do? What do I? So I start running off. So we just book out of there. And those kids start chasing us. They finally chase us like halfway down the street, and then they gave up because we were so stinking determined that we were just booking out of there. And they didn't get us. And we finally went home. We're driving home. And so we just decided, well, what better to do than jump in the lake? So we rode our bikes in the lake. Then we got out, and, um, and then we rode home. And we got more money, and we went back to McDonald's five minutes later. So that's what we did. That, is, that was me growing up and the things we did. I mean, I could go on stories and stories of stuff we've done. We've just done some crazy things. Um, and so that right there, I, I just say all that stuff. It's funny stories. But what it was, was that was at 12 years old. Now, I want to say we did that until we were about 14. And before that, we did, it from, we did stuff like that since we were like one years old. They're, they're one year old. Um, or years, I don't know, whatever. Um, but there's, there's actually footage we have of my mom has and stuff. And she loves to watch, or she, she kind of likes watching like home videos and stuff. And I like watching them a little more because I just like looking at that time. I'm like, that's me, little guy. Um, but we'd watch them. And um, two years old and one years old, we were together playing together like we had known each other our whole lives. And we grew up in that way. And, and, and so we did crazy stuff that was fun together. Um, and we did stuff that was really cool. And we, we, we had that relationship where it's like fun. But, but I've known him for 20 years now. And my relationship with, with him specifically, I, just, I use Matthew's example just so you know, because, because of, I've grown up with him 20 years I, I've known him for. And not just known him, but actually been intimate in the sense that we have shared our junk with each other. He moved to ca- California for a year. And when he got back, we picked up exactly where we left off. And when he was there, we actually grew in our relationship with each other deeper than we ever had when he was here. And, and, I, and I look at that relationship, and I was talking to him today, and, and I almost started crying talking. I was just thinking back at, at the times we had and the times we're going to have still. And, and I was just thinking that this relationship is one that I could look at and I would want to use as an example of, of, of to give somebody and say, look, this is what real love is, that, that we have lived life together. And I've done it with other people, too. And I have great relationships with a lot of people, other people. But with him, it's been since I've been born. And so I can literally say it's about that guy that I love him to death. I've lived life with him. I've, we've loved each other. We've fought together. We've had times we've disagreed. But all in all, we've come back to the conclusion that, man, it's not going to separate us. And, 
no argument is going to separate what, what we have with each other. Just a brotherly love that nothing can separate because it's not found on the good times. It wasn't found on those trips we had in going to McDonald's or fighting those kids or doing, making blood brothers when we already are. It wasn't founded on that. It was founded from the beginning on something that was much deeper, something that was connected with our hearts and with our souls, something that we really didn't know at the time, and now we begin to go, dude, this is God, because we're placed us now in each other's lives. And I can say that with other people, too, that God is in, is in the business of making not just friendships, but relationships. Not just acquaintances, not just somebody you just get to know, but somebody that you live life with. And I would never trade that for anything. Even the bad times, I would still say no. Because that is something where I can look back and go, I've lived life with him. I'm excited to live more life. And there's relationships I'm building right now where I'm excited to live life with people and grow it. Not on just a good time or a funny feeling, but on something that's real. On Christ the epitome of love. He is love, and he lives in us, and because of that, we have the ability to love. So I just use that, and he, in, in, when I was on the phone with him, he, real quick, before I just wrap this story up, he, uh, he, he was telling me, he goes, dude, you can even tell him some of the, t- some of the bad times we had, and, and, um, and, and I was just thinking about that, and I think there's some times that we had, I'll say this real quick, there were some times we had where we actually were like done in our sin, just dead in our sin, and I remember one time, and he goes, bro, you need, you need to say this to, you need to say this, and I was like, okay, I'll say it then, and he was, he, guess, he, he just gotten back from California, and he was struggling with some stuff, and he said he still remembers it to this day, when I walked up to him one day, and I said, bro, I feel like you need a hug, and I hugged him, and he started crying in my arms, and we sat there for 20 minutes just crying with each other, and I can say that right there is love. And I experienced love in that moment with him. That I, 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 I've laughed with them. I've laughed with people. I've cried with people. When you can laugh with somebody, cry with them, go through tough times, go through good times, and still come out of it with each other, built, grown, stronger than ever, I, I could say that you could, you could say that's a relationship that's built on real agape love. Now, so I guess I could still say what is love. Even with that, an example from my life. What is love, though? And I think about Matthew. You, you don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll just turn there. Um, Matthew 23, or 22, 37 says this. Jesus, the Pharisees are asking Jesus. He was talking to the Sadducees before Jesus was, and um, he stumped them. And so the Pharisees start going, well, we'll see if we can, we can get him. And so they ask him, they say, they say ask you, what's the greatest commandment? They ask Jesus, they say, what's the greatest commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And those two commandments are love. And so we love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And we love our neighbor as ourselves. This is what Jesus says are the two greatest things. And it's not something you do. It's not something that you have to try for. It's simply love. And religion would say do. Religion is doing. Any other type of religion that's not founded on Christ is doing. You do this, you do that, earn this, earn that, be this, be that. You gotta be here, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. It's all about getting something together and doing something. Christianity says, and even some Christians don't live this way, and but Christ following says this. It says this, it says being. 
Religion says doing, Christianity says being. You don't have to do anything, you just be. You be yourself, you be who God made you to be, you be with people, and you be with God. Christianity says be, religion says do. And I think it's so important that we understand that, that love is just being. Christ is just being. If we want to really know what this life's about, what, what, what is my life? What's the purpose? Why am I here? I'd say it's just, it's to love. There's really no big secret. There's a lot of things that encompass that. There's other things we could talk about. But the biggest thing is love. That we would love one another and love God. That we would be so entangled and so caught up in a love relationship. So captivated in a romantic relationship with God that we just love. If we just love, we would be so much better off. If we just could go, God, I just want to love. But what does that mean? What does it mean to love? Love is trading your life for another person. Love is giving up every desire and passion that I have. And it's trading it for another person. I have a MyPod. I do a MyPod. And the only way my MyPod and the guys in that group are going to be knit together and are going to grow together is if we love one another. It's not going to happen through a great time of worship or a great time of, of encountering God. It's going to happen through us loving each other. The only way people are ever going to get saved is through love. They're not going to get saved through the miracle. Now that stuff may happen and that may draw somebody to God, but what saves them is the love of God. It's not the miracle. It's not the big thing. It's not the, uh, the hallelujah, the big, big old encounter night. No, it's the love of God that encounters somebody. It's his loving kindness. It's love. So, so love, love is trading. And that's why I titled this message, What is Love, My Trade? Because love, if I could put it into a sentence or a phrase, it would say, it would say to lay your life down for your friends, like Jesus said. It's laying your life down for somebody. This is love. This picture right here of Jesus hanging on a cross, that's love. When he hung there and he bled and he died, that's love. I don't know another way to describe love other than he died for us. And, and we wonder sometimes, well, how am I going to love this guy that I hate? Remember, love is not based off of a feeling. How am I going to love somebody that I don't really like to be around because they're annoying me? Well, love's not based off of a feeling. You can love because Christ first loved me. I can love because he loved me. You can love because he loved you. Love's not based off of a feeling. It's not based off of any type of attraction. It's not even based off of chemistry. And because Christ hung there, and he didn't just hang there, but he rose again after he died, that's the reason why I can love. Because of that, he now lives in me, and I now have the ability to love. So love, I would say, it would be to lay down in my life. So if I were to go into a place, a room, or just a just anywhere really, just walk into anywhere where somebody's at and they were, they were to come up to me and I were to, to look at them and at that moment just reject them and when they asked the question, if I were to go, no, I don't really want to hear it. Even if I, had, if, even if I was busy, even if I was, I got to go, I got to be, even if that were the case, if I just ignored them and just said, no, I'm not going to do that and walked away, I would not say that I was representing love because I think so many times we even get busy and we think, well, I'm just, I, I got to do this. I can't do, you know, I have a lot of things to do. And so I, I, I mean, I, I want to love, but I'm just, I, I got to do this. And so I, I got to get out of here. But really, love takes time. 
Love will take something and go, no, that's not important right now. I'm going to push it to the side. And it will focus on what's important in the moment. Love does not think about next week. It doesn't even think about the past. It thinks about what can I do to trade my life for somebody in this moment right now. That's love. Love is it's giving it all up. I wrote this down. And I don't have it memorized, so I'm just going to read it. But love is genuinely caring for others' needs, desires, plans, and aspirations, and dreams higher than your own. Truly and wholeheartedly caring for the other person's life and eternity. Desiring to see them come into the full potential that God has for them. It's laying your whole life down for a person. This is love. And above all else, Christ is love. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 12 through 15 says this. Since God chose you to be a holy people, he lo- to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, he gives a bunch of things. Paul writes here a bunch of different things. Do this, clothe yourself with this. But he says, above all, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. I love that scripture because it gives a bunch of things that are good. And Paul says, yes, do these things. Put these things on. But above all, love. Clothe yourself with love. Why? Because love is the very thing that can knit you together. Relate, or sorry, chemistry will not knit you together. It will for a time. Things that you can look at somebody and go, well, we're like this. We have so much in common. That will knit you together for a time. But what knits you together for eternity is love. The only reason I'm here today in this place is because Christ first loved me. And when Christ loved me, he sent somebody else to love me. And when Christ said, Andrew, I want you. You're my son. I'm taking you out. When he did that, he said, now I'm going to pour people into your life to love you. And so I have many people in my life who care for me and love me. And I need them to love me. And we all need people to love us. Everyone in this room needs somebody to care for them and love them. But the only reason somebody cares for you and loves you is because Christ first cared for somebody. Love never stops. And, you know, I was going to read out 1 Corinthians, and I was thinking just about 1 Corinthians. It's a great chapter, and it's awesome. But we all know it. Love is patient. Love is kind. does not envy all, all, all the, whole, the whole chapter of 13 in 1 Corinthians, great chapter about love. And it's so true that that is love. It does all those things. And above all, love lays its life down for another person. And I say it like that, and when I say love does this, it's because Christ lives in you. And if Christ's love, then man, then you're love. If Christ's in you and he's love, then love is coming out of you. And I would encourage all of us with this. Is don't try to, 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 to do something to love somebody. Don't, don't just go out of your way and go, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to slam Jesus down their throat. 
and that's how I'm going to do it, and they're going to accept it. And that's not love. That's religion. You're doing something again. But love simply is being. It's living your life on a day-to-day basis, and when opportunity comes, you put aside your day-to-day schedule, and you go and you love. Love gives it all away. It trades every opportunity, every desire, every passion. It puts it on the table, and it says, God, if you want something else, then I'm willing to give all of this away. That's love. Because it doesn't care about one's own desire. It cares about the father's desire. It cares about dad's passion and dad's desire. Sitting in front of a TV or an Xbox or a GameCube or a PS3 or anything like that, it, you're not going to experience love through that. First of all, the computer can't love you back. Second of all, your controller is definitely not going to love you back. Most of the time, you're going to throw it at the wall because you're so mad because you can't beat the stinking game. At least that's my experience with video games. And love definitely is not going to be experienced through you sitting there with your three girlfriends gossiping about the one girl who doesn't really fit in. That's definitely not going to bring love. That'll bring a lot of disunity and that'll bring a lot of controversy, but that won't bring love. It might be fun for a while, and it might even knit you together with those three people for a while until the other person starts talking bad about you, and then you're saying it's only two people, and then they start talking about each other, and then it's nobody. That is not love. It's something that knits you together for a time, that makes you happy for a time, but when that turns your back on you, then you go, oh, well, get out. I don't want that. You are nasty and weird, and I hate you. And love, what you thought was love, is now this bitter relationship. So I... I'm, what I'm trying to say here is love comes through a pursuing, relentless relationship with God. If you have a relationship with God, you have the ability to love anybody. You may not like Barack Obama, but you have the ability to love him because Christ lives in you. You may not like our governors or mayors. You may not like your parents. You may not like your uncle or aunt that always squeezes you on the cheek or gives you a big old bear hug and slaps you really hard, and you're like, why can't you just hug me normal like anybody else, but you have to do it really hard. That person you can love because, well, Christ is in you. And you can love the person who always makes fun of you and beats you up. I love junior hires. And I I say that not in the way that I love junior hires. I really do. I love junior hires. And there's a lot of junior hires in here. And I, I, I love them because, because the, well, they could be mad at you one minute. In three seconds, I mean, maybe one second, it could completely change. They could be the stinking devil in one second, and they could be, they could be Michael the archangel in another. I mean, they could, be, they could be stinking the apostle Paul and just full of wisdom and knowledge, and then they could be like dumb and dumber the next, and just the biggest goofballs. And I love you junior hires, I'm not being mean. But I, I say that because I think uh, even, even high school, though, I shouldn't say just junior, even in high school, and even in, people do it all the time, even through, I know older people who do it, but I just pick on the junior hires because there's a, a, lot of you, a lot of you do it a little more often. But, but even with that, my point was this, is that even with all that going on, the shifting, and I love you this minute, and I don't know this minute, and all, all that, I say this 
right now that it doesn't have to be uh, like that. It doesn't have to be a, a, a love that is, is off and on. It's like you're juggling it and you might catch it and you might let it fall. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be steady because love, agape love, is a steady love. It doesn't go up and down like a wave. It doesn't do that. It stays steady. It goes. And when a tough time comes, it breaks through that wall and it keeps going. When a good time comes, it doesn't go, all right, I'm going to let up now because it's good. No, it keeps going. Love doesn't relent. So what is love? Love is Christ. And Christ is in you. And so because of that, you can love. It's your trade. It's trading your life for something that's more important. It's trading your life for another human being. It's trading your life, not just for another human being, but for God. Jesus said that the two greatest commandments are to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God. Those two things are the things that we, as human beings, are put on this earth to do. No other reason to simply love God and love people. And in that love, and in that comes you want to know your destiny? That's what it is. It comes your destiny. Loving people and loving God, that's your destiny. How that looks, I don't know. You can figure that out for yourself. But the grand scheme of things, it's love. We can talk about principles all the time. We can talk about great revivals. We can talk about all these things. I could even come up here and simply just start talking and talking. But if I have not love, then it means nothing. If I don't love, then it means nothing. You could be the greatest person in the world. LeBron James, famous guy. Everyone knows him. But if he doesn't love, then it's all a waste. You could be the best singer and the best worship leader. But if you're not loving, then there's no point. Be the best preacher. You could be the best drywaller. You could be the best painter. You could be the best, best, best. But if you don't love, then it means nothing. You're like a resounding gong, gong, and that's annoying, and I could keep doing it, but that wouldn't be loving, so I'm going to stop, because I love you. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Does that make sense? The point of this whole thing, everything I'm saying is simply this. If I could communicate anything, it would be this tonight, that could we just love? What if we just loved? What would happen? What would Anchorage look like? If we traded our life for a whole city, and not even just a whole city, but what about the people next to you? What about your friends? Well, I can't love. Well, yes, you can. Because guess what? Christ in you, and you can love. What if we did? What would it look like? What would this ministry look like? What would this city look like? What would your home look like? What would your family look like? What would your friends look like? What difference would it be if we really, in every moment, said, God, what do you want from me? I'm willing to give it all to simply love someone. Because I guarantee you, it would look a lot different. I guarantee you, it would look kind of like what happened in Acts. In Acts, thousands were added to their number daily. They didn't come up with very eloquent things to say. And they didn't have a ton of great... They didn't even have microphones, so, so for one thing, they, did, they weren't sitting there just, just shouting as loud as they could, trying to get a crowd rallied up. But what they did was they met together, and they fellowshiped. It says they met house to house. It's like a my point. You want, you want to experience love? 
get connected to a MyPod. I can tell you, and I know all the guys in my MyPod would say the same thing, that we experience love in there. The girls' MyPod, I'm, I, I don't know because I don't go to them, but, but I'm sure they experience love. You are, you're, you're, you're kind of feeling like, I'm a loser, no one likes me. Go to a MyPod. I tell you, you will feel loved. And if you don't, then don't talk to me. Talk to Gabriel because I'm leading them. So talk to Gabriel and he'll deal with me or whoever else it is. But, but, but I, we, we're searching for love. Every person is searching for love. And you want it. You want to feel it. But you also want to be able to show it. I talked to somebody the other day. I'm about to wrap up real quick. But I talked to somebody the other day. Not saved at all. Person lives completely in the world, but they said this, and it amazed me. He said, Andrew, I know what I'm doing is wrong, and it sucks, and I hate it, but dude, I can't stop. But know what I really want? Because I don't even really care to stop. I really wish, and I'm not even kidding, he said this, he said, I really wish I could just experience love, and I could love somebody. He said, dude, I don't know how to love anybody. I want to, but I don't know how to. I Honestly, I, I wish I had something to say. I, I didn't know what to say. I told him I loved him, and we talked a little more, but that's the cry of our generation. That's the cry of our city. Is it, could somebody love me? Could we, as the body, just trade our life to love somebody? Could we give it all away and say, God, I'm willing to trade everything, every passion, every desire, to give it and to love someone? Could we do that? Could we do that? Eight of us could. Could we do that? Yeah. Good. Well, I'm going to pray real quick, and I'm going to wrap it up. Yeah, so we'll, we'll wrap it up real quick, and we'll be on our way.